Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. I have heard you talk about your arrow method, but I want to know exactly that air, what the arrow method is. So lots of people like to ask me this, which is why I'm working on a book about this. And I will tell you the method in the book. Sell it. Sell it. Sell it. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to tell you right now. <laughs> I'm going to tell you in the book. Coming out from Simon & Schuster's. Probably the end of How the long is it going to take for this book to get written and published? <sighs> Years. It's a long process. I, you know what I think you should do? Yeah. Tell them in this podcast episode, then in the book... You tell them to listen to that podcast episode. Oh, <laughs> you are good at marketing. How about that? Hey, you're hey, hired. Thank you. Hello, welcome back to Shit They Don't Tell You. I'm Nikki Limo. What's up, guys? It's Steve Green. Just Steve Green. That is the only name that he is known by. That's me. Anyways, we're doing uh, some more Q&As because since our last Q&A, a lot of people have more Qs to A. Yeah, let's do it. And since we are absolute experts in every single field, undeniably, we don't have any qualifications, but we are experts. Uh, We are going to attempt to answer some of your questions today. I can kick a dodgeball 30 feet. That's That's a a qualification. Thank you. Wow. If I was an Animal Crossing villager, I'd have a reaction that's like... (laughs) <laughs> I don't know that reference. You don't? No. Oh, you didn't just play for three hours this morning while I was prepping a different podcast no, episode? I played for four hours. Right. True, true, true. And you don't have reactions? I played from eight to noon. Jesus. <laughs> anyway, we're oh, going to- Oh, wait. I, Jesus yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah, I'm judging you. Oh, really? Because I've moved- Because I saw you wreck that shit. I've moved past my oh, addiction. I've moved what? past my addiction. When? Yesterday? I broke my addiction, uh-huh. okay? Yeah. It was really hard for me, and I like and I struggled, and I broke my addiction, I'll and be- now- I'm like, you're toxic. Oh, so can I delete our island and, and no, start anew? No, please don't do it. Please don't do it. We have a five-star <laughs> island. I just got gold roses and a lily of the valley. Can I have your gold roses then? Because no, you're not going to be playing no, anymore. What do you need them for? Bitch, grow your own gold roses. <laughs> it's about to get violent. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, you submitted some questions, and we are very professional, and we are going to answer them professionally Yes. from a professional perspective. By the way, if you have Animal Crossing questions, please send them to podcast at Nikki.Lima. It was a previous habit that I had. An and she has a lot of experience. I moved on. But I have a lot of experience. So if you need help, let me know. Hit me up. Anyway, our first question is, love you guys. Help. Okay. Calm down. Jeez. Hey, guys. Please keep me a non. I want to start off by saying you guys are awesome. Really love the podcast. They help the day go by fast while I'm delivering people's packages. I'm a FedEx driver. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for your work. That's awesome. Thank that's, you. It's really cool. Anyways, I need help slash advice. So I have this friend. Uh, me and her have been friends for years and I've had feelings for her for most of those years. We are so close. We literally talk every day. We tell each other everything. Sadly, she's in a relationship, but the dude doesn't try at all. He doesn't drive or doesn't work. She has to drive to see him and me and her hang out more than they do. Her family loves me. They've told me they like me better than her man and I've given her signs, but I guess she doesn't catch him. When it's Valentine's Day or Christmas, our birthdays, we give each other gifts, but she puts more thoughts into mine than her man. I've had to end my relationship because I can't get her out of my mind. I don't know what to do. Everyone keeps telling me to tell her how I feel, but my fear is losing her. Please help. Just tell her how you feel, yeah. asshole. You, I mean, it's going to come out eventually, or you're going to regret not telling her. And she's oh going to, you know, imagine she moves on. You will regret it forever. You will regret it forever. Pam and, and Jim, you know? Yeah, what, it's like Pam what, the guy in the Jim, warehouse. What if Jim never said anything? Yep. And then Pam would marry the, the other dude she was engaged to. Hey, what about this, man? What if she meets somebody else even? And then she starts going with that guy and that guy's actually pretty cool and her family does like them. Yeah. You got to cut this off at the pass, brother. You tell it's time her. to fucking reach down between your legs, hold your balls and go, "You know what? I like you." Risking losing her is the only thing that can save her. I don't even know what that means. How about that? I think hold your balls oh, though. It's, is it's good a really advice. professional thing that I said. So. Hold your nuts and then you got to say that that you like her. Right. That's you such good advice. Two different options for you to take. Mine could be put on a plaque, probably. Hope you do the and second shown one. to her parents. And well, he. It's very nice. I can see you guys. Appropriate. I picture it. Okay. You're at your wedding, uh, and and the the dad stands up. Okay, and he and he is the woman's uh, father, 
and he's he he wants to do a toast and he's like i remember when this young man he came up to my daughter holding his uh testicles apparently and he said i have feelings for you and i'm proud of you young man wait he so said he that. held his testicles and said to the dad i have feelings for you no 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 he, he he's 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 recalling the story that his daughter told them oh i see yeah, okay cuz that's when he told her that he has feelings for her all right. It, it went a different way the way you were telling it. If you only visualized it, you would have seen I it. was visualizing. Were you visualizing the champagne in the glass? Our in next the fresh question. Okay. Asking BF to get STI test, question marks. Thank you for choosing my questions. You two are goals. Thank you so much. Hey, I'm Emma. Sorry for any typos. I typed this within minutes. Okay. So I'm the type of person who cannot, who just cannot sleep around. Part of it is due to medical reasons such as getting STIs from people. My boyfriend and I got a good thing going on together for 1.5 years. He's an amazing man. I enjoy his company a lot. I've never been in love, but he's the closest I've ever gotten. I'm very logical and have asked my boyfriend to get tested in the beginning of our relationship when we didn't know each other very well, obviously. I brought it up in a way where we were both comfortable with jokes. He was cool with it. Got it done. Now he's been away back home. Was supposed to be there for a month, but now has been stuck there for over two months due to the pandemic. He's supposed to come back in two weeks now, the earliest flight he could get since recent inquiry. Although I trust him on some level, however, I'd like- You don't trust him. What are you talking about? (laughs) I'd like to get him tested again. What are you talking about? Even go get tested together before we become sexually active again (laughs) together. Being the practical and logical person I am, but still emotional, I don't want to hurt his feelings or feel like deep down I don't trust him. You don't trust him. Is asking him to do this fucking weird? Yes. On one hand, I'd be much more 100% laid back and not have any ounce of background thoughts while we're getting down. On the other hand, we are supposed to be each other's life partner and and I actually can see myself being with him for a long time. Is this harmful for our relationship? Am I creating unintentional distance between us? Maybe deep down I don't trust him fully? Side note, his country is known for having lots of casual places where they get happy endings and shit. LOL. He even admitted to me when he was a virgin as a teenage Tim and a teenager, him and his boys have been there where you select a woman and take them to rooms. Eep. Let me well, know y'all too. Did cents. he say that like I would still do that shit? Or is he talking about a young experience he had as a young and I don't know. Context matters. She doesn't trust this cat, obviously. Sure. And also I mean And she's very technically minded, by the way. Technical and also that like she can't say that she loves him. Correct. And I feel like when you really love somebody, like it just can't, it, it comes pouring out of you. Yes. Like you can't like stop it. You can't be like, but well, I think I might like him, love I him. I also think, and this could be a complete bunch of bullshit. Right. But I also think that she has a tough time accessing her feelings. Sure, sure, sure. So I, I don't know if, I, I don't know how well she's able to, it sounds like she has problems communicating how she feels about things sometimes. But she says she's still emotional. She okay, so that, I could have been dead wrong. Could have been yeah. dead wrong. I think, yeah, okay. Should be, you're you're coming at it from a logical perspective for sure, but I feel like when you're in love or when like it's just like you're teeming with how much you're in love with somebody, it almost overpowers logic because love is not logical. Yeah, but- It's just not. But to her question, uh huh. I do think that getting him tested- I think you don't trust him. You, sure. Yeah, you don't trust him yeah. at all. That's all. And and then so so therefore it's totally fine to ask because you don't trust his yeah, ass. Yeah, yeah. And maybe he's done some shit that we, you didn't put in that that letter that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, I don't trust his his stupid ass. Stupid but I love ass. Him, but I, but I love him, right? Yeah. Or, or I or I want to love him. True. I mean, like my ex, I thought I was in love with him, and he was cheating on me with a girl with herpes. Luckily, we didn't have sex after he was cheating on me because I found out about it and confronted the girl. But I'm just saying, like, I wanted to trust him so bad, and he would always say he loves me. He always would try to prove that he was committed to me and would never cheat ever, and he was. So it's never – I mean, if you have those little inklings in you, better to be safe than sorry. Absolutely, but just know that you do not have a healthy relationship. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Unless this is a learning point, like where, you know, he's totally a good boy, and you didn't trust him, and then you learn from this or something like that. Right. But I think the I'm not only- telling her to break up. Right. I'm saying you, you you guys don't have trust, so you got yeah, you got to talk. No you got to talk and establish some and kind I, of trust between. I each do other. think that one and a half years is the make or break it point, like where you should either. Either you have established trust or shit is rocky and you guys are going to yeah. break up. I mean, I never said break up, but- uh, well, I didn't say it either. You sure teetered it close to I that. think that she's okay to ask for an STI test because for some reason, deep down, despite no evidence, 
you have you are suspicious of him or like you have trust issues with him. Correct. So I do think that asking for one is in your best interest. Yep. Even if it might hurt him a little bit emotionally if he's not cheating on you. Anyway, moving on. Um, can indecisiveness ruin your career path? To start off, I would like to say I started watching both of you from JK and fell in love since. You guys are amazing and inspirational. So I decided to watch your podcast recently, and I love it, especially during this quarantine. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Please tell you, your friends. You. Please. And and rate us. Send it to your trapped friends. Yes, because um, one of the notes that we've been getting from production is that we need to promote the show more. And yeah. we're just not really good at, like, Pushing our telling, own shit. Yeah, I don't want to be too mm. in your face about, hey, like, promote our show. Some people but, do like, it so well. If you do like it then share it with your friends. It really helps the show out. Some people can just talk about themselves so I easily. I know. Oh. And why do we both have to be together? I know. And neither of us are good at it. Why can't one of us be the hype man? Yes. Mm. And then the other one's like, oh, calm down, but keep Ooh, going. I don't know, but yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah. keep going. Exactly. <laughs> right. Okay, so my question is, I'm 25 years old. I went to college in science, which I realized a couple of years later that I didn't really like. At the same time, I was working part-time for a couple of years, and I quit to work at a bank where I realized I hate it even though the money was great. So I decided to apply to be in a completely different career, which is to be a flight attendant, and even move to a different province to pursue it. So I'm now a flight attendant, but I realized that something's missing. I used to love it at the beginning, especially traveling as just as amazing, but then I realized that since I've worked with different people every shift, I feel drained and not wanting to socialize. But people look at me at, as I'm really antisocial and they started not being as nice, which I get since I'm really boring, but it's getting not very enjoyable working with people that stare and look down at you very often. With this though, I realize that maybe this is just not for me and I'm just really introverted and being social all the time is tiring. So now I'm going back to school to be in computer science. The reason I chose this path was because there's a, gar there's a guarantee of getting a job and it pays well since I don't feel like I want to waste my time. And even with this program, it's going to take four years to graduate. I guess my question is, did you guys start to know your path a long time ago? And were you sure that this would be your path, even though you were going to give up everything? And is there any advice to be able to discover what might be your path? I've been told that there's always something that you don't like in a job and you just have to choose one that's less intolerable. Is that true? Is it really possible to find something that you enjoy doing every single day? Can't wait for your response. I'm so sorry if this is long. Thank you. I love you guys. Well, the core of it should be what you like. Yeah. The pain in the ass stuff is like answering emails about it and like doing all the stupid shit that you don't want to yeah, do. Yeah, the administrative work about right. it, the business side of it. And then also like sometimes if you're if you're forced to put your passion on a schedule, you stop getting as passionate about it yes. because it's, it is draining. I have to do my passion Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Right. Like, like YouTubers go through that all the time. Especially in a creative field. Yes. You know, because creativity and emotions are intertwined and like- you, if you're starting off, it's like you're creating stuff because you feel it, you know? Right. And then once you make a living off of that, yeah. you have to create whether you feel it or not. Yep. Or there's it, drawbacks too. You're like, I got to wake up tomorrow morning. I got to go drive uh, down Sunset Boulevard and it's going to be trafficy. And then when I get there, I got to get ready. And then they got to sit and make up chair and I got to memorize my lines. Like, yeah. There's a lot of that that sucks sometimes. But then when you're on set doing your thing or whatever yeah. it is that you're passionate about. There's still got to be an aspect to it that you you are very passionate exactly. about. Exactly. For sure. But you'll always find the shitty thing. Yeah. Like about it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, for mine, it's definitely like I love what we do, especially this podcast. Same. I love coming here. There's only Mark, our producer in the back right. there. And so it's like it's just the three of us and it's not draining. Like Steve and I, I feel like Steve's energy really helps me. Like I, it fulfills me like that energy is um, is like enhances my already full cup yes. right but there are some people that drain me and like i would teeter to say maybe most people yes <laughs> yeah and, and i feel like that is a very introvert quality where socializing with people is super draining if they're not the exact type of person that fulfills me yes. if that makes sense it makes sense. so uh working in this industry a lot of times i'll be working on a gig where i do have to perform or co be a co-worker with people that are super super draining and part of being a professional is just like doing it anyway and being your best self and doing everything that you can regardless of the thing that you don't like or that's draining so if, if you are just all you see about flight flight being a flight attendant is that it's draining and it 
makes you sad every day, then and there's nothing about it that the you're passionate about, yeah, yeah, yeah. then yeah, it's definitely not for you. But see, we just complained about what we do a little bit whilst talking about how much we love it. And that's all we're trying to say. Yeah. And I think that both of us, yes, we did know our past from a very young age. I mean, but that I, doesn't matter. I was like eight, but it really doesn't matter. There are many people that, you know, find their passion way later in life or they had a different passion and then um, they found their new passion because of something that happened that they yeah. weren't in control we of. We get asked you this know? question a lot and it's yeah. really, it, no two people are the same. You're going to yeah. find your own way. But Everyone's story is different. But you're, you're doing the right thing, I think. You're just trying different shit out, which is good for you. Yeah, and, and if I you continue, you the right there's mindset. also nothing wrong with continuously following new passions. So I have a friend, she's been my best friend since high school, and um, she was studying to be, a, what is it called, an RT? It's a it's a type of nurse that is like radiology Oh um, yeah, RN? An, no, an or, RT is RT. Okay. A radio, radio something tech, like, so, I don't know, whatever. Okay. She gets RT at the end of her so name. Sounds she sick. gets like initials. But she went through this entire program and it was super, super stressful for her. You had to do like biology, anatomy, biomed, like all those classes. Like uh, it's very stressful. She also had to intern at a hospital and uh, work long hours without getting paid. There's a lot of just like rude patients okay. and rude hospitals have anyway while she was going through that whole program she would turn to doing her nails like um she got really really into nail art and everything there is to know about doing nails to get her mind off of the stress that she was encountering during this program well by the end of the program she got her degree she even got offered a job at a hospital and the reason she took this um, course was because she knew that there was a guaranteed job at the end of it and that it pays pretty well but it was so stressful that she didn't even want to do it at all like she'd gone through the whole program and didn't even want to do it anymore but because she was doing other things to get her her mind off it she ended up going to get her uh, cosmetology degree or like went, went and became a nail tech and now she's the head nail tech at a salon because of this passion that she found doing her nails while she was stressed out yeah, she's de-stressing. Yeah, there, there you go. But now she's kind of getting stressed out from being a nail tech. So she's been baking a lot. Like she's really, really good at baking like um, cakes and pies and all kinds of shit. And so she kind of wants to start this side business of like baking stuff. And that's cool too. Yeah. Like so if you change directions and pivot and like follow your passion, like you, it doesn't matter. It's your life. Like just do the things that make you happy. I feel like people get wrapped up in the money and security part of stuff a lot well if i do that i'll lose everything i built or if i you know what if there's no job at the end of it uh, you know do it on the side do, have your job that you hate and then do your passion on the side and see if you like it absolutely see if you like doing it consistently you know i don't know um anyway good luck with that next question so this one is should i continue Hey, Nikki and Steve, I love the show, FYI, I just need some assistance. I met this gorgeous girl at a party, and she was all over me, telling me I was cute, trying to dance, and coming on strong. Even though she invited me to into her bed, I decided to leave because I didn't want to have sex with a girl that was drunk. Oh, good for you. I left and told her the next day how much I wanted her and thought that she wanted me since that's what she said. She told me she didn't remember anything from the night before and she was still working things out with her ex. I kind of thought that was it after, but then she invited me over and told me her and him were done, so I thought we were going to start messing with each other. She invited me over a few times after that and we started texting. The confusing part is she responds so slow. I respond quickly, but she takes hours or sometimes days to respond or just simply not respond at all. We haven't spoken or talked for a while because honestly I don't know what to talk about she responds so slow and it's been so boring in person I feel a spark but over the phone I don't feel any effort I've only been over maybe three times but I'm unsure if I should try to rekindle this or just leave it alone thanks for helping by the way shout out big mood shout out conspiracy corner our competitors oh, don't shout out competitors <clears throat> except for big mood she's over there too chief competitors <laughs> um <clears throat> uh she does she's not into you she, yeah uh, she's trying to be nice and second of all I have sex with a drunk girl all the time I don't think it's bad to have sex. Well, with. you're legally wed to her, so. Okay, I, I feel just like she make won't sure. complain too much because she like she'd have to prove a lot. Okay, okay I just want to make sure. <laughs> also, Steve treats drunk me like she's a separate person. I do. It's very fun. <laughs> and I he... treat it like like she, like I'm having an affair with her. <laughs> because you are very different when you're drunk. Yeah. And so I'm always like, oh, you're back. You're my different favorite. now. What? What do you like, like more you, about her? I'm like, you're my favorite, Nikki. I know. Well, she's just so smiley and fun and, and like has fun. A lot of Oh, fun. she's not a huge bitch. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. She's way less bitchy. Damn. And, I heard she likes a lot of snacks, though. She loves snacks. Like, she, she demands loves, them. She demands dark chocolate and snacks. Well, see? But I love her for it. It's when you're cute. with me, I'm like, healthy shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's good, too. Right? You love it. When I cook broccoli, 
You yeah, love it? That was good. All right. Anyway, yeah, I've definitely been in the girl's position here before where I'm trying to get over my ex, so maybe I'll flirt with a guy that I know is into me or whatever. And I'm Wait, not saying when? this is cool is to this? do. This is years ago, obviously. Yes, no, yes. I know, but when But when did you do this? <laughs> like yesterday. But no, like, but contextualize it for me. Oh, okay. So it was after my last breakup. I've been a serial monogamous, so there's only really one period of time I've been single. But I'm trying to get over my ex, so I start you know a guy gives me attention and maybe i think i like them even because i'm just like so starved for attention because the way that things went with me and my ex that i'm like oh this feels good and then like maybe i flirt back and like even in some moments especially drunk moments i would have i would want to have sex with them like Mm -hmm. i would feel the urge to but then the next day after i'm sober and i'm missing my ex and i'm like you know, romanticizing the past and stuff. Of course. That guy is just a stranger. Like, he doesn't compare. Do you hear that? You're just a stranger. You're just, like, honestly, and I can't speak for her because maybe everybody's different, but I can say that if I'm slow to respond, I'm not that into you. There is a key to this, too. There's a big hint. She was only all over him when she was drunk. Yeah. After that, she hit him up, but it wasn't like. And you don't know if she invited you over because, like, maybe she had a, a screaming phone call with her ex and then she's like, I'm going to fuck someone just to spite him or something. You know, yeah. I don't know. There's, there's so many... So many healthy women I out there. I think the key <laughs> part of this is that she is slow to respond because when you're into someone, you're not slow to respond. No. And especially not multiple times You can't wait to hear from them. Like sometimes if you're busy, maybe you're slow to respond or if you've been slow to respond and then, and or like, you know, if, if one person's been slow to respond and then they try to match that, yeah, but or I'll be slow to respond if like you know we just got I just got into a fight with this individual because um, they they were trying to take a shower but I had just taken a shower and so the hot water wasn't back yet. What what individual is that? Just like whatever individual. Oh, hmm. Because it sounds like familiar and I don't... no no no. This is like from the from eons ago. Oh, so. okay, good. Yeah. What a bitch like, that person was. Yeah. So like right. So you're not like exactly excited to respond to them. <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah. Hope that helps. I wouldn't continue to pursue it. I think she's using you, but that's just me. That's tight. Yeah. All right. Help me remove our arrows. Let's pretend my name is Bella. Okay. Hi, Bella. Hi, Bella. Hey, Nikki and Steve. You are my. You are why my relationship has been improving and why I don't completely lose my shit at work for the last almost year. I have been listening to your podcast. Aw, thank See, you. See, we don't just break people up. I tell the people that true. all the time. We help. We are. And help. they're like, you broke me up, and I'm like, all right. Pal, get out of my driveway. Yeah, get out, get out of here. Hey, break up again just for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I have heard you talk about your arrow method, but I want to know exactly that air, what that arrow method is. I feel like there may be some things my boyfriend and I are holding on to from a rocky point in our relationship. I have talked about the method before since my boyfriend knows about you and Steve from JK News. He wanted to try it, but we couldn't find out how to do this method anywhere. Even when I tried looking on both of your YouTube channels, Nikki, can you both explain the method and how my boyfriend and I can apply it to our relationship? Thank you, and I love you both. Icebreaker and Ice Dude or whatever your name is. What the fuck? Are you kidding me, dude? Are you kidding (laughs) me, bro? She has a winky face. She's the Ice Man. Bella. Okay, Bella. So, lots of people like to ask me this. Which is why I'm working on a book about this, and I will tell you the method in the book. Sell it, sell it, sell it. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to tell you right now. <laughs> I'm going to tell you in the book. Coming out from Simon & Schuster's, probably the end of How the long year. is it going to take for this book to get written and published? <sighs> it's years. It's a long process. <laughs> I, you know what I think you should do? Yeah. Tell them in this podcast episode, then in the book, you tell them to listen to that podcast episode. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you are good at marketing. How about that? Hey, you're hey, hired. Thank you. Okay, here's what you do, Bella. Arrow method is all about le- uh, shedding the past, letting go of the things that the arguments that you guys have had that you still use against each other, whether you're actually acknowledging that you're doing that or not. Right? It's about bringing up all the bullshit that you guys did to each other. So, for example, if it was say, and I'm just spitballing here, Nikki uh, likes to think that she can just take a shower whenever she wants, and there's going to be hot water. Uh, and she likes to think that uh, she, even though she knows, she knows for a fact, and this is just, I'm spitballing here. This is just an, like, I'm making, yeah. creating this, even though she knows for a freaking fact that I take a shower every single day. Cause I have to, mm-hmm. because my hair gets oily and I can't handle being all oily like that. She, she still just tries to take a shower at random times. And then she expects me to have not taken a shower, which I take a shower every single day. And another part Whereas of it- if she had just told me 
Bella? If she had just told me, hey, I'm taking a shower today, it's on her to tell me that because I'm the one who takes a shower every day. And Bella, part of the arrow method is to not re-argue about it, so not start a fight again. So the person that has exactly. the complaint, Letting go of the they resentment. get to complain. And then if that's something that's really been hurting them, uh, the other person says, Let it go. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I took a shower. I Why? won't take anymore. And are you sorry? I won't no, do it anymore. No, are you sorry? I'll never take a shower That's again. That's not what, no. I'm so sorry. Are you sorry? I'm so fucking sorry I took a shower. That's not what I want you to be sorry about. I want you to be sorry in this hypothetical. Mm-hmm. I want you to be sorry that you know I take a shower every single day. You know that I do that. You want why me to not, be sorry that you took a shower every day? the day that you're taking a shower so that we can communicate about it because you oh, know I'm taking oh, a shower. Oh, you know you I what? am. I take one because every Because maybe you sleep until fucking noon and I needed to I take I didn't a... sleep until noon. Maybe you need to sleep until noon. It was 10.15, bitch. It was 11.30 today. Today. I'm not talking about today. <laughs> I'm talking about okay. e- eons ago. So because of your irregular other schedule, yeah, you take a shower after you wake up and sometime before you leave the house and then what i would say in this situation in this situation is, is, a is that i'm story. sorry that i was up for, for six nights in a row working on scripts i'm really sorry about that actually. um not my problem I, i'm very sorry that i was up until three in the morning working on scripts so then again i'm trying to own this and and say i'm sorry for taking a shower you know what it'll never happen again see and that's and that's a petty way to do and then with it. and then what you do that's is a petty that person that had the complaint takes the arrow out breaks it and this is important because you know you might sound cheesy but really like actually break it over your knee and they're never allowed to bring it up again yes because you have let it go if you can take it out then you're acknowledging that it's time to let it go and you won't bring it up again because that's key yeah okay no more bringing it up but you have to really forgive them yes so like they apologize. Maybe they work it out. Maybe they have like some sort of, hey, here's where I was coming from on that. I'm sorry it hurt you. Like I didn't mean it that way. Um, but I am sorry. Like I'm sorry. I'm very sorry that it hurt you. Uh, if they apologize and they own everything that hurt you, you have to actually forgive them. And that is the key to the breaking the arrows yes. part. Because a lot of people will say like, oh, it's okay. Or thank you for apologizing. But they don't actually forgive them. Fuck no. And and because you didn't clean the wound out either. Mm-hmm. Like, if me and Nikki get into an argument, sometimes there are stages to the argument, right? Where it's like phase one is just figure out exactly what happened, right? Mm-hmm. And then phase two is usually like digging deep into exactly why, why it hurt you it hurt your feelings yeah. and why i fucked up and then and then once it's all on the table there's like this release that really does yeah. happen we're like we really do let it go so you put the guts and it's all bloody it's all over the yep. table and then you can just like clean it you clean the wound clean out it completely. but to clean the wound out you got to get everything in there all yeah. the splinters all the fucking bullshit if there's anything left in there it's not gonna it's not gonna be completely healed and you will still use it against them when you're arguing about something lame like a shower it actually gets infected if you leave arrow pieces inside of you exactly the wound does not heal properly so so it's big boy shit and big girl shit so yeah as long as you're able to really move on that's when you do the arrow and both partners kind of have to be in agreement and be on the same level about it like then you take it seriously and like hey i love you enough i want to move past all this yeah i want to forgive you yeah and also i want to find out what i did wrong Mm -hmm. there's a lot of uh i don't want to find out what i did wrong i want to find out what you did wrong and i want to be right right now but if we find out what each other did even when even when one person completely fucks up, right? Like if I just yell at Nikki for some stupid reason. Okay? For taking a shower. Right. Even so if sorry. it was just on me for that, right? Usually there is a second side of the story. Why did I yell at Nikki for that? This isn't about putting... Uh, the surface level problem. Right, right. And this is this also isn't about leveling the playing field where it's like, well, you did something wrong too. It's really just about why exactly did I flip out about that, mm-hmm. right? And then trying to understand that while apologizing for the way that I handled it. Yeah. Is the mature way to do it. Right. And like recognizing if it had been a pattern. Like is it because this is the fifth time this has happened and I didn't bring it up the other four times. Exactly. And so now I'm snapping what seems like out of nowhere to the partner. Um, that's also just something like that's part of it. Part of part of like evaluating why. And it like. seems very silly. The whole I'm taking out an arrow of, of out of my body right now. Yeah. I'm saying exactly what it was that we're moving past. 
and then I'm breaking it over my knee. It seems very lame, right? Something I probably would have laughed at 10 years ago mm-hmm. in my creative movement class <laughs> in LA acting school. But you know what? It really is the best symbolic way mm-hmm. that you and your partner looking at each other, acknowledging this issue, and then saying we're moving on. That's all that's about. Yeah. So if you want to do it in some other weird way, go for it. But this way has worked for many people that yeah. are close to us. And by the way, this is our arrow method. Everyone likes to give credit to other people at JK for the fucking arrow oh, method. Yeah. This is our Fuck fucking you thing. Guys. Fuck you guys. Fuck you so hard. We came up with this metaphor. This is us. Mm-hmm. This is our fucking thing. It's very true. We're going to fucking trademark it. Hell yeah, we are. We need to because it needs <laughs> Make to sure it's a, before the book. Before the book comes out. I'm sick like, of it. They're like, oh, this JK arrow method. I'm like, no, 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 no. Bitch. Sorry, bitch. Excuse us. This is us. That's a new arrow for us. Okay? Yeah, it we gotta, is. It's still in there. Big time. We are still hurt. Big time. How about they have teaching good things in a bad way, whatever the fuck that means, okay? Yeah, we should steal it. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, should they don't tell you we teach good things in a bad way? Hey, we teach good things, but we teach you it in a bad way. You go sell that to somebody. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> I never um, got it. You know what I, I think it is too. Um, way, so. You know what I think it is too about the arrow method that even though it is cheesy per se, yeah. but like you're both visualizing an actual thing bre- breaking and being removed, being gone, destroyed, yeah, forever. Right. Like with that visual you, together, you're mm-hmm. looking at the same thing, and so it's like you you both recognize that a thing happened. We moved on from it yeah. together. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think that's, There's the arrow method for you. Surmise. There you go. Hopefully you find it because I don't know what we're titling this video. So (laughs) hopefully you find it. Definitely not the arrow method. Yeah. Definitely not the arrow method. Definitely not. No, no, no. Just kidding. Um, Okay. How about this? My life is a mess. Please help. Hey, Stephen Nikki, I love you guys and your podcast. Thank you so much. I listen every week on my commute to see my friends on the weekend who are about an hour away. Wait, what? She sees her friends all the weekend. All wow, right. Good, um, for good for you. Good for you. I would Take like to stay anonymous if I can. Also, I'll try to keep this short and sweet, but try to paint a picture. I'm a little drunk, though. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Good opening. The, the past year of my life has been really rough. I've been going through a lot. I broke up with my boyfriend of five years and have been dealing with lots of family stuff lately. I met a guy at a concert a few weeks after my boyfriend and I broke up, and we spent the whole night together and continued to see each other afterwards. When I met him, I told my best friend, I just, my person? I just, my, uh, oh, I, I think she's missing a word. I just found my person, I'm going to guess. Oh, shit. I just found my person, and she totally agreed. I've never said that she about someone word, ever. Though. She's a little drunk, okay? Okay. okay. <laughs> I've never said that about, that about someone before, but he also just got out of a seven-year relationship when we met as well. We continued to see each other for a few months and got really close, but then he decided he just wanted to be friends and wasn't ready for a relationship, which is fair. I would say I consider him to be one of my best friends even a year later, and I've actually become very close with his sister-in-law and brother. She's one of my best friends now, and him and I still talk all the time. We continued to be friends with benefits for a while, but decided we should stop because it wasn't healthy for us. I think he's my person, and by the things he does, you can tell he still cares about me very much. I guess my question is, do you think I should still wait around for him, or should I move on? I'm nervous to move on because then what if he's ready to date when I find someone new? Or what if he doesn't want to be my friend anymore if I get a boyfriend? I also haven't found anyone that I like as much as him or treats me the way he does. I just feel like I have a lot of anxiety about the situation at times, and I don't know what to do. Please throw any advice you have my way. I know you'll tell me like it is. Sounds like you're ready. Sounds like he's not ready. Right. I mean, honestly... I think you need to draw a line in the sand because yep. not living your life because of ifs and maybes and like what if, but then I'll, I'll wait lose a little him. bit longer. Yeah, ten that, more days, twenty more days. Letting someone know that you're that free and open to like be on their whim exactly is not attractive, and also it's just not healthy for you because you need to set boundaries. That's you're, not you're, fair to you're, yourself. You're cranking yourself down several floors. Yeah, when you should be at, at a high at a high level. Of real estate, in my opinion, but instead you're you're going. I'm available to you, no matter what. Like I'm, I'll be available to you. Yeah. And that's not. You got to draw a line in the sand. You got to be like, hey, I really like you, and I think you're my person. I mean, I love, or maybe you don't have to say that out loud to him, but like you could say, like, I think you're everything I would want in a relationship or in a partner. Uh, I know you've expressed that you're not ready at this time, but I have to go live my life. So. Let me know and just kind of like draw that line. And if they get back to you and say, hey, still not ready, you just got to move on. My chick, do you watch television? Do you watch late night television? Have you seen ads run against, I don't know, like the Carson Daly show or whatever that is now? Uh, I don't know. Where they're like, you got to act now. You want to buy this shit, you got to act now, right? Yeah. 
there is an urgency that yeah. happens with relationships too, where it's like, yo, I gotta act now. I gotta, if this is my person, I gotta jump now. I got out of a, a fucking long term relationship. Nine days later, I'm with Nikki Limo. I could have not acted now, but I was like, oh, this deal's too good to pass up. It's I like, gotta fucking act. It's now. like toilet paper. Before, it was just everywhere, it was in bulk everywhere. And I even yelled at Steve for getting a Costco sized package was of it. Pissed. Because I was like, we're two people. We don't need as much toilet paper. And by the way, it's been, eight, it's been eight weeks of quarantine, and I have only gone through three rolls. So I was like, why? That's, that's not healthy. I'm just saying. What? That doesn't sound healthy. <laughs> that is healthy. Um, I don't have massive diarrhea every day, so it's pretty healthy. Well, that is healthy. Anyway, uh, but yeah, once toilet paper was fucking scarce. You mocked me. Then everyone wants it. Yep. Be toilet paper. Was I? Don't be toilet paper uh, early 2020. Be toilet paper now 2020. Will you admit that I was a fucking hero for getting that toilet You paper? were a hero in your idiocy. Wh your idiocy what? What? saved the day. I was day. a silent guardian. <laughs> You didn't know I was a there was watchful a, You did not know a pandemic was coming. What I did protected our house and our and our household. It did not. How didn't it? Well, we didn't it have to did. go stand in a bunch of lines going to get toilet paper. We didn't have to go robbing fucking people's houses for toilet paper, did we? No, we did not. We did not have to rob anyone's Will you house thank for me toilet paper. I have thank you for that. You just know you want me to, you just want to keep me doing we it. Do it this is an arrow. We do it publicly. Thank you. We gotta go for we gotta go to a break. Thank you. That was really nice. We were back. Thank you to our sponsors. We're going to go. Oh, shit. That was good. That was good. Yeah. Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. We just want to take a break to tell you to, like, thanks for listening to our podcast. And if you want to rate it, that would be really awesome for us. Like, Listen, we're on break. We're not talking to you like podcast hosts right now. We're just talking to you like people. As a friend. And we just want to say, please rate the show because it helps out huge amounts. Like, we're not desperate. We're, like, kind of desperate. We're giving shout outs right now to all the people who are giving it ratings. So, huge shout out right now to Brian Jorgensen. That was sick of you, dude. Thank you. God bless. Uh, huge shout out right now to Mark, Mark W. in Springfield, Connecticut. Back to our podcast. Jenny Blake. Hey, back to our podcast. In Tuscany, and Florida. back to our podcast. God bless you. Thank you. Steven. Cute. Thank you for supporting the show. <laughs> and we're back. Thank you so much to those sponsors. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Really saved Thanks, guys. Us. Really saved us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. This question is prioritizing family over partner. Hey, Nikki and Steve, I think I have an interesting one and wonder if any either of you have experienced something similar or could help me better understand. I'm 25 years old and in a four-year relationship with my boyfriend. When we started dating, I'd say my relationship with my parents was at its worst, been basically no relationship. I definitely found escape through my boyfriend and friends. I've since repaired my relationship with my parents in the past two years and have now really enjoyed our time together. I feel like a long-standing void has been repaired and I owe a lot to my boyfriend for encouraging my improvement in communication skills and family values. So my boyfriend and I are nearing the next milestone of moving in together, just working on our savings. I want to build a life with him, but I'm feeling less and less excited about this. It's weird, but I feel so happy with this relationship with my family. I'd be content with being single as long as I have them. I don't know if this is a relatable feeling. Sounds like I've digressed back into a child, LOL. I guess this is a new feeling for me as I've never had that family relationship. So I don't know if people just have a healthy way to balance biological family and spousal relationship, for lack of a better term. Among work and family, I notice that I'm prioritizing my boyfriend lower and lower. I've started to sleep over at my boyfriend's less as I just want to be in my own space where all my work is available. And I've increasingly wanted to be with my family in my spare time. He has a close family too and we currently spend equal time with each other's family. I wouldn't want to take that time away from his family just to spend more time with me and my family. I'm aware that this is unfair on my boyfriend. While he's happy for my happiness, he also noticed a plateau with me and our relationship. I don't doubt my love for him, but I'm finding so much fulfillment from work and family at this time. I don't know what to make of this. I'm really interested to hear what you both think. Thank you, Anonymous. Um, I don't think that you love your boyfriend romantically. That's my initial take. Damn. That's a, I think that, um, and this is not wrong. Um, a lot of people th see their their significant other this way as a unit to build a family with rather than prioritizing the romantic aspect of it. Um, so it sounds like you're describing like, oh, shit, like I, I want to build a life with him, but, you know, I feel stronger about this family than I do about this family. And so you're looking at the boyfriend as more of a family unit rather than as like a uh, romantic partner that makes hell of sense yeah, yeah i think you nailed it and I because the the now you've now repaired the family unit with your family family your biological family you're not feeling that void as much like you're not feeling like you lack that 
family aspect. Right. So you're not overdoing it with the person that you were doing that with. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think there are probably a lot of psychological issues of you not getting the type of attention you needed as a child. And now you're kind of like getting that in adulthood because you said uh, she said in there that she has, has digressed. She feels like she's digressed back into a child. Um, I think there's always there's a thing called your inner child. Right. And um, it, that's a psychological thing. So you have a you have this inner child and basically any needs that weren't met as a child, you somehow act out as an adult like you are subconsciously are trying to fill those needs or meet those needs as an adult. And one of the things that we used to, an exercise we used to do in therapy was um, like basically talking to that inner child and like figuring out what her needs were and like all of that stuff and doing like a lot of healing in that way. Something to look into. I don't know. Cause I don't really know a lot about that outside of my own issues. Yeah. I got nothing out of that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I guess I would just, I don't think I would move in with my boyfriend because usually at this point you'd be pretty excited to That's move in key. with a partner. You're always excited for yeah. usually unless it's like necessity. But even then there should be some kind of excitement going yeah. on. Yeah. If you're already craving your own space and you don't even live together yet, it's going to get nuts. Because I think what what moving in together does is speeds up what was inevitable anyway. So mm-hmm. if you were meant to break up, moving in is going to make you break up faster. If you were meant to stay together... It's going to make you stay to stay together quicker, like get married and progress quicker in that way. But, um, yeah, it doesn't sound like you're very excited to move in with him. No. I mean, read your email again. You're not excited about it. Yeah. I think that's what it takes sometimes is just like writing all your thoughts and feelings yeah. out and then realizing like, oh, shit. Oops. I don't think I'm into my boyfriend. Yeah, which is okay. He, I think he fulfilled a need. Like maybe you guys had some sort of spiritual contract you know and he fulfilled that like need of getting uh, or that uh you know task of getting you and your family back together but now his job's done right right <laughs> that's sad for him but i think he deserves better and you deserve better agreed so. all right next question let's see um oh this one says best podcast ever True. so i'm gonna pick that one hey nikki and steve oh this is kind of long Okay. Hey, Stephen Nikki, I'm going to say something you guys already know. Shit They Don't Tell You is the bed po- best podcast ever, and its hosts are the best people ever. Mwah, mwah, sup, sup. It's Thank a Filipino you. thing. You read it like mwah, mwah. Oh, chop, chop. It's like a kissing sound. Um, So I'd like to say anonymous, but my name is blank. <laughs> Why would you say your name in this? I'm going to read it. <laughs> I'd like to say anonymous, but hi, Nikki and Steve. I'm 17 years old. I'm from California, but I moved to the Philippines indefinitely. I've been here since 2015, and to be honest, I still haven't really adjusted. I was very depressed for the first three years, but on the bright side, I lost a lot of weight from it. Then from 2018 to present, I just stopped caring and decided to stop being a bitch about it. I've gone to three schools in the five years I've been here. One school I went to was on the very poor side of Bataan, so the culture shock was fucking crazy, bro. But on the bright side, I got a lot of funny stories from that school. Second school was also in the same area. It was more on the richer side. You could see the difference in people. On the poor side, people didn't have class, but they were fun and had your back. On the richer side, people had class, but everyone was faker. Um, I'm trying to, like, sum this up a little bit. Let's try to look on the bright side of, of everything because even though I lost all that weight from depression, it wasn't fun. So I try to stay positive now. To be honest, finding you guys in JK helped a lot. So you guys literally saved me. Oh, thank you. Aww. That's awesome to hear. Um, my problem is I don't know when I'm going home. I really, really, really don't like it here. And I'm actually really, really, really sad about it. I've t- actually I've talked about my I've talked to my parents about all of this and how I feel about it, but they really don't understand. And when I found out we moved here because of money reasons, I felt guilty to bring it up again. Plus, I hurt my mom a lot because of it, and I don't want to do that again. I actually visited the States back in 2017, but that didn't help. I was It was like I got a sample of something that I can't actually get, and it brought me back into depression. Every time I open up to someone about it, like my sister or my friends, they either tell me that what I'm going through is nothing or they don't understand. So my question is, what can I do? School, school is hell because I don't fit in. Home is hell because I have to put up an act. And I technically don't have any family I can go to here because of hardcore Filipino family drama. Plus, all my friends think I'm intimidating because I only speak English. To be honest, I actually can speak Tagalog, but I have to act like that so I can. So they, I have to act like I can't, so they don't take off the Filipino subjects in my schedule. I deserve an Oscar for my performances of acting dumb at school. I've learned how to keep a straight face from watching Steve from ga- and from gambling. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> this was you. longer Some than. Some people have said I have a gay face, but thank you. A gay face? I've heard, I get that a lot. Is it from your mom? I think so. My mom's side. <laughs> okay. Um. 
I'm sorry this was longer than the Iceman's wiener. I hope you know. I, I know you and the Miracle Man don't like it when it's too long. This is the first time I've opened up about this in a long time. I actually drafted this a couple times, so it wasn't the shortest. Sorry. But, but by the way, I'm actually planning on doing stand-up and using the stories I got from living here as material the moment I set foot onto American soil. Thank you for picking mine, and I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Again, this was so freaking long. You guys are awesome, and I wish both of you guys the best in your career and your relationship. From a sad boy. Aww. We love you, sad boy. But I love you, sad boy. You gotta, you know, you, you know what you want. That's great. So yeah. It's time to take steps towards getting there. I also feel like, the, not like I'm not trying to invalidate your feelings. Your feelings are very valid, but it's also, even though you're in a different country, it's very typical feelings of an average 17 year old. Like mm-hmm. when I was 17, I fucking hated everything in my household too. Me too. I felt like I didn't have a a place to safely express my feelings. I felt like I, when I went to work, I didn't have friends at work. And then I came home and I hated living there. I wanted my own space. Yeah. And I was 17, so I couldn't go get my own space. And so it was very, very, very frustrating. I hated family movie night. My dad would pick out the fucking lamest shit yeah. ever. I mean, and it was all like that, right? It was like, very like, my house, my rules. So right. I'm like, I get it. But also it was... I felt very repressed. I'll never forget one Christmas. Were you there for that? What? We had to watch Santa Claus 3. Yes. What the fuck, I think man? I fell asleep. My dad picks the wackest ass shit that we got to watch sometimes. That's I'm like, true. What are we watching a family movie for? But we're, also, your sister doesn't like good movies. I know, so. exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. Look, see? Exactly. We're bitching about family. We everyone Everyone's got that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, cannonball in their cannon okay and it's hard man like i i relate now as an as an older person you know being in my 30s i can only relate to what they were going through like having to raise a family and then dealing with financial issues and trying to keep it secret and them like they probably didn't feel like they had control over their own house that they were paying for because they got stupid kids living in it and like teenagers bitching about everything and like they go to work every day to pay for the house and they don't even get to like have their privacy and they don't get appreciation because they're like i do all this shit and you still bitch about everything yeah so uh, we get both sides right? yeah i was on both sides of the coin although i don't have kids yeah but I, I, can, ki- I can relate sometimes i imagine how stressful it would be to have kids because well, i'm like i paid for all this and now i have to go share with someone who's our, not gonna appreciate it our fucking kitties frankly they bitch all the time about all kinds of things <laughs> yeah and we're like we give you such a good life you're spoiled. you don't even know you have you no idea and you don't, they have two parents who are home with them at, at like all, all day. the time like that doesn't happen in kitty world, okay? Yeah. A lot of kitties go days without seeing their people. Yeah, or they have to wait till the very, very end of the day to see their people. These kitties, we feed them twice a day. They get the wet food. They have a good life, but, but they still find a way to bitch. And if I close the door to my office because I just need to get some work done for a couple hours, they bitch, they and bitch, bitch and about bitch. it. And they claw the door. <laughs> and you know what? It's a little outrageous. They should be. We, I wish that we could take them to see how other kitties live, so yeah. that they could see how good they got it. But take them to the alas. shelter. Exactly. Let them look at all those kitties. Yep. Yeah. But we so, just end up adopting those kitties. Yeah, frankly. it's just true. It's true. So we don't go there. <laughs> but okay. So point being, you kid, you're 17. You you're closer now than you're closer today than uh, at at getting an independent lifestyle. Yeah. Than you were yesterday. Okay. You're closer than you've ever been. 18. You're, you're, you're going to be 18 soon. You can start to take steps towards saving money, getting a nest egg together so that you can move to the States and live mm-hmm. here and get a job and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and um, and but I think what, what you're want. doing is healthy too. Like uh, you, finding an outlet for depression and all those yes. things that bum you out, like writing bits and do, to per, eventually perform stand-up. I think that having a light at the end of the tunnel, something that you can look forward to doing, is definitely really healthy. Um, and just, you know realizing you're not alone you're ahead of a lot of people right now you already know what you want and you know maybe what your outlet's going to be that's big bud. that's mm-hmm. big just be proud of yourself pat yourself on the back a little bit give yeah. yourself a little bit of, a little bit of juice for it because that's good and you're so young you're a little baby <laughs> okay. i just want to hug you and let you know everything's gonna be fine yeah we want to just dress you up like a little baby <laughs> give you Dude, a little... i had the problem you're having i had it until i was 21 Cause I just couldn't get my shit together to move, and I was just figuring things out. And I wanted to move to LA. My parents wanted me to finish college in Santa Barbara. I ended up dropping out of college, so it was it was like it was like a lot, and like it was a lot of just like I, I want to get out of here, but yeah, I can't. I had the same thing, and yeah. I was working for my dad at the time, and uh, business was going south a little bit, and I felt obligated to be there. But at the same time, I was throwing myself into improv four or five nights a week. Yeah. So that's I was gone all the time. Like basically, I'd work, and then at night I'm an improv, and then 
Yeah. And that's my outlet, right? So you got to just find your little outlet and then take an improv class. That's what we tell everybody here. Yeah. Thank Mine you. was stand up, actually. Like when I'd go to work, I was a waitress. So I'd, I'd always pick the longest shifts, too, because I just didn't like being at home. Right. Um, and I would go to work. And then I, when I was not working, I'd be writing stand up bits and like figuring out open mics that I could perform them at, figuring out my next performance schedule and go. making like just honing, honing, honing these bits and like watching videos, listening to stand up comedy, buying albums. But back then you had to buy CDs True. to listen to stand up. But, um, but yeah, I think just having an out, have an outlet and know your goal and just start, just keep working towards it. Do you remember when they had, um, those CD Walkmans? Yes, those CD Walkmans. Did you ever try running with those They're things? Discmans. It's a goddamn pointless. Yes, I did. Pointless. But don't act like you ran. I did. <laughs> I did. Okay, you ran cross country or whatever. No, not yeah, cross country. I did track. You did fucker. Uh, sprint. Yeah. You can't run long. Not long distances. Long, no, 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 no. Distances. But I would do. I would do. I'd do like CDs. Like I'd, I'd have a CD player. Yeah. And with the headphones on, that thing's like it's like that. that yeah, uh, 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 the <laughs> whole kids time. will never know. They'll never know how yeah. hard that was. A tape, a Walkman, an actual Walkman with a tape deck was actually better, better. for running than a CD. So I was like, we've regressed technologically. Yeah. We regressed. But then my favorite era was the mini iPods, the one with the dials. Oh my and God. then I got an armband. Me too. When I put that on, and I go to the gym and have my armband. And we didn't have wireless headphones, so like you still had to plug, <laughs> plug that shit in. It but was sick. It was like, oh my God, look at me! I'm moving. I'm so free. It was and, so cool. And it doesn't skip? Didn't skip. Unless you accidentally burned the CD and the CD skipped while you were burning it, and then it skipped in the same spot every single time. <laughs> Critical flaw. Yeah. Many did. Yes. Many did exactly mm -hmm. that. Yeah. But and that, to this day, the downloading Napster era is why I don't know very many band names, but I do know their music. <laughs> That's why. Yeah. And I actually got caught one time because I, I was just clowning on somebody. I was at some party and this guy like Weezer and I was like, Weezer sucks. You know, I was just being an asshole. Yeah. And, uh, and then uh, I, somewhere during the same party, a song got brought up and I was like, oh, that song's sick. And they're like, that's a Weezer song. And I was like, <laughs> oh shit. A whole dumbass. I got pants. <laughs> I love when you get pants. But isn't it fun to yeah. just say Weezer sucks? I no. just think it's so fun. No, it's not. It is fun. I love Weezer. You can love Pick a Weezer. different band. No, but it's funny to say some band and then they, they suck. Oh, they, you suck. Yeah, they suck. It's just so you funny. You pick Smash Mouth. I feel Smash, like that's Smash a good one to hate on. But everyone a lot of hates people on hate Smash Mouth. I, I want to like them now. I actually really liked them in the 90s before Shrek. The pre-Shrek yeah. Smash Mouth I thought was pretty cool. And then Shrek just kind of ruined them. Yeah, well, they kind of ruined themselves. True. I mean, did you see the footage of uh, the the band leader? Yelling at some guy. Yes, I did. He's like, that actually made me like him more. It made me like him more too. <laughs> he's like, the, this guy in the crowd. He's like, "Yo, Smash Mouth sucks, fucking ass, dude." And he's like, "Hey, badass, why don't you get up here and say that shit to me?" I fucking love that video. Definitely look that one up. <laughs> and that make that video can make me laugh so hard I can't breathe because he's taking it so serious. Yeah. All right. Next question. Yeah. Please keep me anonymous. Hey, Nikki and Steve, I love your con I've loved your content for years. Aw, you're both hilarious. I'm a 23-year-old female and have a relationship question for you. Look at this we crossover, dude. We got the we got the young kids, man. Yeah, we're we're, hi we're hip. We're, we're fucking hip. It. Look you at know? us. Our boomer status is uh, shrinking. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going. Oh yeah. Way we're up hitting on this the Gen Z. Zone. Is 23? I think 23 is the borderline between millennial and Gen I'll, Z. I'll I don't never know. know. I'll never know. I'm kind of a boomer. I'm a total anyway. boomer. I, got an <laughs> I don't have my abacus. I've been with my boyfriend for four years. He's great, and he's got a good job, and we're planning to get a mortgage together soon. He has always made me laugh. My family loves him, and so do I. The problem is with his mental health. He is depressed. I have encouraged him to go to therapy and see his doctor about antidepressants, and he did both and is taking them. I've dealt with depression myself and have tried to be supportive and listen to him and give him advice for things that help me. Nothing seems to have changed, though. He's still not interested in socializing and is barely motivated to do anything. I feel like I'm the only one who puts any effort in our relationship, and to be honest, my needs are being neglected and have been for a while. I do have so much empathy for his situation, but clearly, as I'm messaging you guys, it's at the cost of my happiness. What should I do? I've talked honestly to him about it, and he says he will change, but he never does. Thanks so much, guys. Much love and happiness to you both. That's a great question, because really I feel question. like a lot of people have been in that situation or are currently in that situation yeah i think you should write a letter to him about all the things that you just told us and it sounds like you've communicated to him like this before um but i think maybe he needs to see all of it in a sequence 
to understand what he's putting you through. And maybe understand like that he's hurting you. Exactly. Because maybe when you bring it up because you're so empathetic, you don't want him to feel bad that he's hurting you. But he needs to know that it's hurting you. Um, I remember a couple uh, a couple fights when we were first dating, me and Steve, um, where I would get so frustrated and I would like react in anger. And it didn't really make him want to change. Um, no not way. that you're reacting in anger, but when I let him know that it hurt me, yes. that it actually like what he was doing was hurting me. Um, and one time I like it happened so much that I just cried and he saw that side of it. Yes. It, it made him change that thing forever. Correct. Yeah. It was the way that you delivered the message. And honestly, it, it's one of those things, too, where um, we were talking about this on the way here for yeah. some reason. It, uh, we we're talking about how. We used to go to parties sometimes. Oh, right. And you used to want to leave. And I'm we very. We used to go to parties sometimes. Well, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. We all did. Uh, but you used to want to leave quicker than I did, right? Mm -hmm. And I would try to work the room and like try to say bye to everybody. And sometimes it would take way longer to leave. Yeah, it would take like hours to leave. Like right. once saying, hey, I've had enough. I'm at my meter. I think I'm like, close to I got to get out I got to get out. Like then it would take two hours to leave right. after so that. So I was being selfish, obviously. I was not listening to your needs at all i was just sort of trying to get mine in still because i wasn't done socializing yet and so i was you know excuse making by still still working the room and all that stuff even though i'm like oh no i'm on my way out on my way out but it, i wasn't on my way out and it took one night where finally we were we let we we're, were leaving this one place and nikki just broke down and she's like you know like it hurts my feelings that you that you do this to me and i never did it again after that yeah it was it it really woke me up that it was affecting you like that, I didn't know. I, yeah. I didn't. I just thought it was like, hey, I just want to leave, right? Yeah. Or like, I want to go sleep. Or and because whatever. I empathize too, like I'm like, well, I know you like to socialize, and I don't want to be like a burden. Like I don't want to be a party pooper, yeah. you know. So I'll like just bite my tongue, even though it like sometimes physically hurts me to try to stay awake when I my body wants to go to sleep. Yes. And that's why I've fallen asleep at so many people's houses and parties, and people make fun of me for it. But like. I can't stop my body from falling asleep and then trying to stay awake physically hurts me. Yeah. So, and while we were getting to know each other, yeah, that stuff kind of yeah, filled in a lot of the blanks. It's like a, it's kind of an embarrassing thing too. Cause I'm like, I don't want to be that person. Yeah. It's not embarrassing. So like he didn't, I, you didn't really see like the, the hurt side. Exactly. Yeah. And I didn't see the, you know, that when you do fall asleep in people's houses, everyone loves you. Nobody was like, clowning on you or anything but then when you wake up you feel embarrassed so yeah. like stuff like that i wasn't like taking into account i was just sort of seeing the one side yeah so i think if you are able to reach him on an emotional an emotional communication right maybe he'll understand if he truly does love you maybe he'll understand that he really does need to change and by change you want your needs met and that's that's really all you're trying to get at is hey i have needs that are not being met and i would love if you would come meet me in the middle yeah. And also anti if he's on antidepressants right now cuz you mentioned that like drugs work differently on different people and that could be messing with him. Sometimes that that actually sucks the motivation out of you. I've never personally taken antidepressants, but a lot of my friends that have been on antidepressants feel less motivated. Like yeah, their depression is gone, but also they don't they don't feel like doing anything. Yeah, it, cha it changed something. Yeah. I've heard that. So yeah. Some I don't people know. have great time on those things. Right. Obviously. But and there's different types yeah. too. So like maybe he just needs to get on a different brand. I don't really know enough about it, but um yeah, good luck. Good luck. Also, you're very young. Like you started dating when you were eighteen or nineteen yeah, eighteen or nineteen. Um, I think people change a lot. Like I remember uh dating a guy when I uh, we started at eighteen and I broke up with him at twenty three because we were just very different people by the time. Mm -hmm. That happened. Yeah. Like a lot happens in, in that stage of life. So good luck to you. Hope things get better. You got this. You got this, girl. All right. One more relationship question. All of these have been relationship questions, but there haven't really been any other type of questions. So sorry. That's right. There's so much relationship questions. I forgive. Um, hi, Nikki and Steve from QC Canada. Is that Quebec? Quebec. Uh, I don't know. QC Canada. Please keep this anonymous. Quebec City. I would like to start by letting both of you know that I started watching you guys last year, and I love you guys. I love how hilarious and straightforward you guys are and your energy. Thank you. Why did you just start last year, though? 
I mean, seriously? We've been around. Like, We're at over 100 episodes. Time. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Go back and uh, yeah, wow. watch all of them. Wow. What a backhanded compliment. So my question is about dating life. So I'm 25 years old, turning 26 soon. I have been single for over two years and a half. My last relationship lasted for four years, and that relationship was really physically and emotionally abusive. Oh, Dang. So I've been fo- focusing on myself a lot and started to feel like, I'm, am I getting old? I've tried dated. I've tried dating online twice, and I'm not really into it. It didn't turn out as good as I thought it would be. I'm an introvert, and it's really hard for me to open up to someone that I've just been talking to online. And I get anxious swiping people's pictures right or left without knowing their personality and the fact that you don't know if you'll match with the profile you finally like after swiping for thirty minutes. Within the past, uh, when the past, when in the past, dating was never supposed to be stressful. So, do you think that people still meet in real life, or am I just being? very close-minded person and I should really force myself to talk to people online. Is it normal to feel this way? My sister and I, my sister and some of my friends are telling me that it might happen when you meet people in real life, but that'll take forever. I don't know what to do anymore. Thank you. So that was like, it's hard to read. But um, yeah, I, I don't think I would feel comfortable dating online really, but I haven't had much experience with it. That's Yeah, like, we don't know. We're yeah, we don't know. I mean, like, I, I know a lot of people that have had success with online dating apps mm-hmm. and I believe that they that you can find that person and I also believe that it's almost streamlined the dating process because you used to have to meet someone in person then go on a date then discover you don't really like their personality and then you're like you're wasting a lot of physical time whereas like online dating you can talk to a lot of people first messaging wise and then I think frankly so. and look I could be dead wrong about this this is just my judgment I have the ability to kind of throw paint on the wall sometimes, and I know I'm doing that here. Mm-hmm. But I think that online dating, there's a key waste of time, and that is the time period between you saying hi to them and, and messaging them on all this shit. I think all that is basically just like putting the lure on the hook, and then once you get them on the deck is when you go on the date with them. And then, because until you see their mannerisms, the way that they talk, the mm-hmm. way that they look at you, the way that they are, like the way that they smell, the their way that voice, they voice, the way they carry themselves, right. yeah, it doesn't. It's all moot until that point. Like all that is just a build up to the, your answer to whether you actually like them or not. What about um, like FaceTiming? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I think that that stuff's great. Yeah, what have you tried that at all? I would try that for sure. Yeah, because it doesn't say in here. It, it just sounds like you've been like texting them. The faster you can get from the <laughs> yeah i like that too how oh, cool yeah like just getting to the real shit which is like actually seeing them on a phone or something yeah that was my least favorite part of dating right. but i also would only like go on dates with guys that i had been friends with so that i already knew their personality so we could skip all that yeah and it doesn't have to be a lot of pressure to it either it's like yo i got 15 minutes you want to just hop on real quick and talk talk real quick it doesn't have to be like yo we're gonna get on here forever yeah but i understand the introvert side that's like I get anxious getting on a phone call. Sure, but but you also got to meet the person for a date. Yeah, you do. Too. It's just about sacking up and going, okay, we're going to do this right now. I think what I would do is get ready and treat it, because right now we're all in a weird situation with this pandemic thing. Um, I would treat it like I was going on a date. So I'd get dressed and ready, and like the whole like ritual of like getting ready. It's great. And then treat it like we're on a physical date when we're FaceTiming. But I would need to have like, to, to see their eyeballs. That's what I need. I need to see that. I need to see I it. I think that's why I don't like phone calls. Mm-hmm. Is that it stresses me out because the nonverbal language, I feel like I read that more than the words people are saying. And so not even, being able to see that is like, it gives me anxiety. Or even just their attention level. Yeah. I've been on dates with people who, it's. I'm like, what the fuck is with you? Like, why don't you just look me in the eye or like, like pay attention to what we're talking about. Like you seem like you're somewhere else. Yeah. Like stuff like that helps you understand if you like somebody or not. If they're gonna be like, if they're gonna be like in the middle of a conversation, spacing out, you're like, fuck this. I don't need this shit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I. What is what's the like the main question? Is you being closed minded and should I really force myself to talk to people online? I mean, maybe getting out of your comfort zone is good. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Um, because being closed minded is just saying like. Straight up, it's not this. for me. I don't do this. Like you, you are being a little close-minded there. That's why we're not against dating apps at all. We we yeah. just we just have never used them. Uh, yeah, we were we're too old. I'm, we're old. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but also, you're not getting too old. Come on, you're 25 turning 26. You're fine. You're fine. We didn't start dating until I was almost 27. Yeah. And Steve was 
older than that. So well, for I mean, for for chicks in LA though, you were way up there. So. True, I was still playing eighteen to twenty four though. So I I'll say just saying. Just saying. You anyway. played that for me a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thank you, everybody, for all of your questions. Uh, if you have a question, you could always email us, podcast at Nikki.Limo. I check them. Maybe not right away. So the people that have titles from March that are like, urgent, please help. I kind of just skimmed past that one. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, sorry about that, urgent. Because we, we try not to do like so many Q&As like all the time. Yeah. And then we're trying to get to everybody. So it may not get answered urgently, but maybe you relate to another person that has a similar question. We're Hopefully. counting on it. Anyway, <laughs> subscribe. Also, uh, download the episode. It really helps us out. Also, yes. tell your friends about it. If you got something from this podcast episode, tell your friends about our podcast. We've not been doing a good job promoting it, and uh, we need help. We need help. The, spread the good word. Of shit spread the good word. Send it to a family member. Send it to a friend. Buy us a billboard, please. Send it to a lover. Or I guess a banner on a website would do better than a billboard oh, at these times. That would be very good. Yeah. Anyway, we love you guys. There's Bye. some shit that they didn't tell you. Bye. Bye.